0: Hi guys, I'm Marie. And I'm Maddie. And we are here recording Lost in the Woods. Welcome back. Yep. How are you guys doing? We're holding up good. Maddie brought me a mocha milkshake today. So we're recording a little later in the day today. She worked all day and what's new what's new. And I was like, I don't know if I'm going to make it.
1: I don't know if I can do it. I have a public service announcement, so, um, my mother is in her 30s. (laughs) She's not old, okay?
0: I just feel like that this needs to be said, because... Okay, so, for those of you that didn't see our story this week, or I guess last week, we got our first negative review that was targeting just one of us, and that person was me. (laughs) So, for those of you that missed it, it basically said that they didn't like how condescending I was to Maddie. And that they thought I was trying to be cool and acting immature. I don't know. I don't know. I'm not trying to be cool. I am cool. I don't need to try to be cool. <laughs> I'm totally kidding, you guys. Okay. But anyway, we are doing well. Thanks for coming back this week. We're so excited to be bringing you guys another episode of... This one is also another listener recommendation, which, by the way, I think that sometimes maybe I forget to tell you when we have a listener recommendation, but we do actually listen to our recommendations and we do actually try to fit them in. This particular episode was recommended by Cindy French. Thank you for your recommendation. Let's get into it. So today we are going to the Great Smoky Mountains or the Smokies. So the Great Smoky Mountains, or the Smokies, which get their name from the natural fog that often hangs over the range, and it presents as like large smoke plumes from a distance. So that's how it got its name, the Smoky Mountains. So it's located along the Tennessee and North Carolina border. It's submerged in the Appalachian Mountains, and it's over 500,000 acres, the park has over 11 million visitors per year. So the Smoky Mountains are covered
1: with giant boulders, dense forests, steep cliffs, and crevices.
0: Oh, my favorite. I don't like that. Crevices? I don't like them. People get stuck in them and they never are found and they never come out. I don't like it. And they also have pretty standard predators like wildcats, black bears. One thing that's crazy, you guys, more than 50 airplanes have crashed into the Great Smoky Mountains. And one time, it took them an entire year to find the airplane—big, giant airplane—one year to find. And they knew the general area it had gone down. So that just tells you how dense this forest. This is. forest is. So in today's episode, we are going to tell the stories of Dennis Martin, Teresa Gibson, Thelma Melton, Michael Herron, Derek Luking all of who have gone into the Smoky Mountains and never come out. On June 13th,
1: 1969, Dennis Martin went missing. Dennis was born on June 20th, 1962. He had brown hair, brown eyes. You guys, he was six years old. He was from Knoxville, Tennessee. Dennis and his family were visiting the Great Smoky Mountains, doing lots of hiking, camping, and fishing.
0: Yeah, it was Father's Day weekend. It was also six days before Dennis's birthday. So his father, Bill, his grandfather, Clyde, his nine-year-old brother, Doug, along with their two cousins, took this trip every year. It was a yearly tradition that they did for Father's Day.
1: So they hiked from Cades Cove to Russell Field Shelter, which is where they spent the night. The next day, June 14th, 1969, They headed for Spencer Field, which is about a 90-minute walk. So the kids had been playing a game of hide-and-seek, and they had decided to sneak around and scare the adults. Dennis was last seen ducking behind a tree by his father, Bill. After five minutes, his father got concerned when Dennis didn't come out, and he went to go look for him, and he actually ran about two miles down the trail, but figured he couldn't have gotten much further than that.
0: Yeah, his grandfather, Clyde, actually made his way back down Anthony Creek, to Cades Cove, to the ranger station, which was about an eight and a half mile hike. And he arrived there around 8.30 p.m. So the family is pretty quickly panicking about this. Yeah. Right? They're not thinking he's just misplaced or he's wandered off. This is a six-year-old boy. They're thinking something's wrong because they cannot find him. Which, I mean, he's six, so... Basically, that'd be like Phoenix disappearing in a year. Like... We're out in the woods and we can't find Phoenix. Dennis was last seen around 4 p.m. He was wearing a bright red shirt, dark green hiking shorts, and black Oxford shoes. He had hiked a lot and he always did really well. So he was an avid little hiker. He kept up with everybody. He was comfortable putting miles in. He never had any issues with that. He was
1: described as a quiet boy and he was in a special education group at school Yeah, and
0: I put that in there because I don't know if it played any kind of role in his disappearance, but he was a little bit behind in school. There are steep slopes and ravines in this area where they're hiking, and the vegetation can be very thick. Right? Remember, we talked about that airplane that it took them an entire year to find. Yeah.
1: So if that doesn't, if an airplane takes a year to find, a six year old boy could easily disappear. Wild animals include snakes, bears, feral hogs, and bobcats.
0: Yep, and we kind of talked about that earlier, too. Feral hogs are terrifying creatures, (sighs) as
1: far as my knowledge goes. I would not want to run into a feral hog. Those things can run at, like, 40 miles per hour or something something like that. Don't quote me on my information, but, like, fast. Like, they can run.
0: Yeah. Okay, shortly after his disappearance, the area received about three inches of rain in one hour, which would wash away all evidence that might have helped find him and also make it impossible for scent dogs to be successful. How unfortunate. So unfortunate.
1: So the search was intensive. Rangers, hunters, Boy Scouts, college students, firefighters, all came out. Even the Green Beret showed up to search. At one point, there were 1,400 people searching. And over 13,000 man hours were logged. An additional 26,000 man hours were
0: logged by other agencies. Over 1,000 sorties were flown. So I think a sortie is like some sort of like short light to go search or to go do something. Okay but
1: more rain came over the following days. Fog made visibility difficult and they would later admit that the search could have caused even more issues.
0: This is a problem that I always debate or think about when a large-scale search happens right you want to get bodies out there to help look because you think it's going to help but then when you're looking at search dogs, when you're looking at trying to follow tracks, when you're looking at all of these things, all of these additional people who don't know what they're doing can actually destroy more evidence than fine. But on the other hand, you're looking for a six-year-old boy who's
1: lost. And also the rain washed away any kind of footprints and any
0: kind of scent anyway. Right, I kind of feel like that as well, but this search was heavily criticized later on as we learned more about searching, as we learned more effective ways to search.
1: Yeah, because this is a pretty long time ago.
0: That same day, a family reported hearing a child scream around 7 p.m. It was described as a sickening scream. A few minutes later, they saw a rough-looking man at the edge of the forest with something slung over his shoulder, which they assumed was a hunter. The FBI thought there was no way it could have been Dennis because it was about seven miles from where he went missing. They never even told the Martin family about this witness. They found out about it later. Well, what if he was taken by the man and then walked? And the man covered the seven miles? Yeah. I'm not sure why this was discounted. I mean, as far as I could tell, the family... The
1: kid went missing at 4 p.m. He was last seen at 4 p.m. From 4 to 7, you could definitely cover... Seven miles? Yeah. We could cover seven miles in that time. Definitely could cover
0: seven miles. Especially if
1: you're familiar with the area and know the terrain. Like, you could no doubt cover seven miles. Yeah.
0: And maybe I also wonder how credible was this family? Like, did they think the family really saw this? Or did they think they were looking for attention because this case was such a big case at the time? So we don't know why this was discounted so quickly by authorities, but for some reason it was not deemed credible. Even though if it was because of the mileage, we disagree. We think that that mileage could have been covered. Okay. So
1: small Oxford type footprint was found near Pigeon River. So that was dismissed because they thought that he couldn't have gone that far.
0: It appeared that the footprint was a case of one shoe off and one shoe on. So there were footprints, but only for one of the feet. So they think at this point, whoever walked those steps was only wearing one of their shoes. And this was about three miles away from where Dennis was last seen. This was dismissed. Because they didn't
1: think he would have gone that far. Okay, so... On flat ground, flattish
0: ground, it takes us what?
1: How long to walk a mile?
0: Well, our upward terrain is about two miles per hour. Okay, yeah, so... And that's hard terrain. So our hard terrain, we're about two miles per hour. So we would, probably about three miles per hour would be our cover for flat ground.
1: So then tell me, and Phoenix can keep up with us, and Mm -hmm. she's five. And this little boy was a experienced hiker. Mm -hmm. So you're how is this dismissed he's missing a shoe what if he got scared and started running at some and was mm-hmm. running for a long period of time because he was lost yeah exactly. lost his shoe that's heartbreaking and
0: it was dismissed i can't it's so it's so distressing to the me the little
1: boy probably ran and lost his shoe Ugh. and was still running three miles isn't that far
0: it's not that far
1: a six-year-old can definitely cover three miles keep reading I'm not going to do good on this one Maddie's getting a little emotional about this
0: one and I don't blame her I mean this is a really really tough one especially for those of you that have kids out there especially for us because we hike with Phoenix all the time like this is really upsetting it's very upsetting upsetting. it was
1: dismissed
0: that upsets me yeah and this seems to happen multiple times in this case so that's kind of where I start to have the issue is the assumptions that are made initially in this case could have caused so much damage So reports started coming in that a young boy was seen wearing a red t-shirt at a campsite nearby. When investigated by rangers, they discovered that it wasn't Dennis, but a little boy named Michael. And they asked the family to change the boy's shirt so that people would stop thinking it was Dennis.
1: The official search lasted for two weeks, and the unofficial search was called off in September.
0: So September, the weather's getting pretty Mm -hmm. bad by then, yeah. Despite all of these search efforts, no trace of Dennis has ever been found. He's just gone. So
1: a few years later, small bones were allegedly found by an illegal ginseng hunter, whatever that means.
0: Yeah. So you guys, the reason it's alleged is because he could never actually lead authorities to these bones. So allegedly he found them in Tremet's Big Hollow, I think is how you say it. And he didn't report this until 1985. So this is, what, 20 years later?
1: And wouldn't you know, yep, he was unable to lead police to the bones. And this was about three to five miles away from where Dennis went
0: missing. Yep, and he said the reason he didn't immediately report it is because he was illegally hunting at the time. Right? Okay, so theories on this case. What do you think, Maddie? So yeah, sasquatch so a lot of people think sasquatch i mean i feel like there's two options either he wandered off and they haven't been able to find him or somebody kidnapped him
1: yeah i think that those are both very likely possibilities that he just kept going kept walking
0: and got lost somewhere the one shoe though i can't but they they have never found any of his clothing they've never found any of his shoes they've never found maybe he fell anything. into like
1: a crevice or something
0: i know So that's the story of Dennis Martin. And we've been wanting to cover that one for a while, but because it's such an old case, there's not a lot of information out there. But when we got the recommendation for the Trini Gibson case, which is the next one we're going to do, we thought, let's just do an entire Smoky Mountain case. Yes. Yeah. So that one was tough. Shake it off. Kids are really tough for me. I struggle with kids. It's really tough for me. I can't imagine. I mean, just thinking about Phoenix being lost and scared and cold. I can't. We're moving on. Moving on. Okay. And by the way, we're telling these in chronological order in case you're curious why we chose the order that we chose. Fair enough. So on October 8, 1979, Teresa Gibson, who her friends called Trini, disappeared. She was 16 years old. She also lived in Knoxville
1: with her parents. She had three siblings. She was a high school student at Bearden.
0: I think she was a junior there. Around 9 a.m., her and her classmates climbed onto a bus. They were headed out onto a field trip, and there was about 40 of them, plus one teacher, plus the bus driver. These 40 children are being supervised by one teacher, and there's also a bus driver along for the ride. This is also the 70s, though. This is also the 70s. So the teacher had actually kept the location of their field trip a surprise for the students. So prior to getting on the bus, none of the students knew where they were going that day. The surprise was they were going to go hiking in the Great Smoky Mountains. So they left the parking area and they hiked to Andrews Bald and Clingmans Dome. The class had broken into
1: smaller groups, and they were going to hike about 1.8 miles. So they arrived around 1 p.m. to Andrews Bald. It was cold, and she did not bring a jacket.
0: Right, because remember, they didn't know where they were going. So they get there, and they're outside, and the weather wasn't great that day. So she borrowed a jacket from a classmate, which was a brown plaid
1: jacket. Yeah, so when they arrived, they had lunch there. And then around 3 p.m., they were about a half mile from the parking lot, And they noticed that Trini wasn't with
0: them. Yeah, she had been in the middle of a group. So there were kids in front of her. There were kids behind her. Kind of like the one case we had. It was episode 10 and it was Diane O'Connell. It was part of the Trailside Killer two-parter where she was in the middle of the pack and she's the one that went missing. And also on that same hike, the woman coming down disappeared at the same time. He got 2 at one time so the middle is no longer safe you guys I don't know some kids had seen her ducking down and turning right off of the trail almost like she saw something or was looking for something they assumed that maybe she needed to use the bathroom or she was with another student they were talking or something because it looked like she had intention when she left the trail right? Mm -hmm. It was really foggy that day. So they're wondering, did she just get lost when she left the trail?
1: So at 4.30, a park ranger had arrived and an extensive search was launched. Weather and rain hampered the search efforts, but they did have a helicopter that came out the following day. And this led police to believe that she had been abducted because no trace of her was found.
0: So here's what starts to happen. At the trail near where she had been seen ducking off, a partially empty beer can and cigarettes were found in that area, right? But no student on the field trip would fess up to having brought them on the trip. Her parents actually brought items of her clothing and multiple search dogs picked up her scent and they followed it about a half a mile to the road where more cigarette butts of the same brand were found on the road, like eight of them, almost like somebody was waiting there. So Trini was not a smoker, and this is confirmed by all of her friends. This is confirmed by her parents. This is confirmed by everyone. They do not believe that the cigarettes belong to Trini. Because I feel like even if her
1: parents didn't know that she was a smoker, at least one of her friends had to have known, and if she has gone missing and these cigarette butts were indeed part of the investigation, I feel like one of her friends would
0: have been like, yeah, no, she smoked. So Especially after all this time. So rumors started suggesting that she had met up with someone. Her family did not, however, believe that this was the case. So she didn't know where she was going that day. She didn't have a cell phone. Nobody had cell phones. She couldn't have called somebody and been like, oh, we're going here. Meet me here. But there's zero evidence that she knew ahead of time where they were going that day. She had left $200 in her purse, which she left in the car when her mom dropped her off. I think she didn't want to take it with her on the field trip yeah she also had over a thousand dollars in her bank account that was not touched and has never been touched
1: and if she was gonna just like ditch, run away, someone was gonna pick her up and she was gonna ditch town, she positively would have taken money with her and definitely would have emptied her bank account
0: right. And there's also talk that she was on antibiotics for some sort of infection that she had, and those were also left behind.
1: okay. So after four days of searching, they were sure that she was not on the mountain anymore,
0: but at least they didn't stop searching,
1: yeah. But I would assume that this did change the urgency level. For searchers
0: on the mountain, yeah. yeah.
1: The case was turned over to the FBI due to the kidnapping aspect.
0: So another search occurs from April 18th to May 5th. It also finds nothing. So at this point, they're really not sure. Was she taken from the trail? Did she get lost? Had she found her way to the road and then been kidnapped? Had somebody followed the bus there that day and decided to take advantage of the situation? I mean, they really don't know. So. Here's where the plot thickens. So there was a boy that had been stalking her. His name
1: was Calvin. He'd broken into her house. If anyone breaks into my house ever and is stalking me,
0: please shoot them. Okay, well, Trini's mom actually did shoot him in the foot. (laughs) But he still continued to try to get into their house after this happened. And he was sent to jail for six months. Yep. And he is actually out at the time that this occurs. However... Teachers from the school swear that he was in classes all day. Um, can I ask you this? Why in the hell is he allowed to go back to school this in the is... same school that he was stalking somebody and went to jail after getting shot by her mom? That should not be allowed. I would not have let Trini go to school if he was back at that school. It gets weirder. The boy who had given her his jacket, his name was Robert, and he comes under suspicion at this point. So he was friends with her older brother. He was off hiking on his own when she disappeared sus so nobody is no one has eyes on. no him. one has eyes on him when Trini goes missing he claimed that he was off looking for a bear now I will say this he does come down with everybody else right he's not missing for an extended period of time but he's missing when she disappears but hold on it gets more suspicious They had spent the first part of the hike hiking together and they'd even had lunch together. And remember she borrows his jacket. But for some reason, people said she seemed to be trying to get ahead of him or hike away from him as they left the area. So people started to wonder, did something happen during this time? Her comb was also allegedly seen in his car. And this was a comb that she always carried on her person. It gets weirder though. A female student at her school was seen wearing what was believed to be Trini's jewelry after she went missing. Robert claimed that Trini had given the girl her jewelry before they started the hike. Her family did not think she would have done this, and the girl refused to return the jewelry to the family. I mean, doesn't that just seem so strange? Yeah, no, that's weird. That's really weird. You're wearing
1: a girl who has gone missing. You're wearing her jewelry that she definitely didn't give to you, and I assume that
0: they are not friends. It didn't sound like they were friends, no.
1: Because if she was a friend, why wouldn't she, why wouldn't she return the jewelry to the family?
0: I find that one a little concerning. I don't like it, Mm -hmm. but that's what we have. But I also have some issues with this field trip in general, right? They're going to an unknown location. They have one chaperone. The kids are not dressed properly for this weather. It's 50 miles away from the school and there's no cell phones.
1: This is the 70s though, mom.
0: I know. And I get that. I do, but this field trip would not happen today. This would not be a scenario that would happen today. And she is still missing.
1: So Trini was wearing a blue blouse, blue jeans, blue Adidas shoes, and the brown jacket that she had borrowed.
0: She was also wearing a diamond and star sapphire ring. So that's the story of Trini, which I honestly don't know. I feel like this one is probably more likely a kidnapping, than a missing. Mm -hmm. And I based that on the dog track, the cigarette butts. I just don't see any other option. But does that mean it was a crime of opportunity? Because nobody knew they were going to be there. So were there kids or whoever, adults, were there people off this trail smoking? And then saw all the kids. They saw all the kids. They called her, lured her called for help did something to make her duck into the bushes to like see what was going on and then they snatched her Mm -hmm. right their car was parked on the road where the cigarette butts were yeah that's what i
1: think is most likely in this situation because it doesn't sound like the forest is as dense in this area it sounds like it was really populated i feel like that the dog trails were it really that's where it really gets me
0: so that's the story of trini What do you guys think happened? Let us know on that one. So our next story brings us to 1981 and it's on Thelma Pauline Melton. Her friends called her Polly and she's 58 years old.
1: So she's from Jacksonville. Polly had lots of friends and was a well-adjusted happy woman. Polly and her husband, Bob, spent the fall living in an Airstream trailer at the base of the Smoky Mountains.
0: Yeah, and this was in the Deer Creek campground and this was a spot that they came back to every single year. It was like their tradition. They stayed there during the season. So this was on the North Carolina side of the Smoky Mountains, and it had been their second home for over 20 years. So they'd been doing this for over 20 years. They would spend a couple months here every year, and the campsite was pretty private and had about 10 other couples. And from what I read, everyone had to agree for a new couple to come into this campsite. It was like a closed campsite. Oh, okay. okay, Yeah. So on Friday, September 25, 1981, Polly went hiking with two other friends, Red and Trula, who had hiked with her before. Her husband, Bob, was tired and decided at the last minute to stay behind at the trailer. He was a lot older than her and had some health issues, so he was a little less of a hiker than she was. So
1: around 3 p.m., they headed out on their short hike. So the Deep Creek Trail had three options. Tom Branch Falls, which was 0.2 miles, Indian Creek Trail, which was 0.7 miles, and Loop Trail, which was 1.7 miles.
0: Yeah, and they weren't planning on going very far. Polly had actually started cooking spaghetti to eat upon their return from hiking. So basically, I wouldn't even call this hiking. They were basically going for a walk. These trails are very flat. They're not very short. Yeah, yeah. It was a very well-maintained gravel trail that she had hiked many, many times.
1: Remind you, they've been in this area for like 20 years. Mm-hmm. There were about 50 cars in the lot. Okay, so people were fishing, camping, hiking, riding horses. So the women walked more than a mile past the picnic area. They had stopped at a turnaround
0: point where Polly had smoked a cigarette. Which we always wonder how people can do when they're hiking. And I know this one's more of a walk, but we have been on some really hard hikes where we see cigarette butts, which one's super rude. Don't leave your cigarette butts on the trail but also we're like huffing and puffing at the top of this hike and we're like how are people smoking up here
1: i think that my favorite one was when we were in switzerland we were like literally scaling a boulder like the whole trail was like just straight up one giant slab of rock that we were hiking up and we passed these teenagers there were probably like three or four of them and they
0: were all smoking cigarettes while walking in slippers (laughs) up this trail i'm like well, I, and, and to be fair, we came from the bottom of the mountain. They came from the parking lot. But they were still going up this boulder. It bolter. was still hard. I'm I know. Like,
1: I'm genuinely impressed that you were able to do
0: this. Because I was like, I'm walking up. I'm using my hiking poles. I'm like dying. Yeah, we always wonder how people can do that. But Polly was a smoker. Their conversation up until this point had been positive and lighthearted.
1: So they headed back to the trail around 4 p.m. So about an hour in, Polly suddenly picked up her pace a bit. Pulling in front of the other two women.
0: Yeah, Red actually called out to her, I wouldn't want to be in a foot race with you, Polly. To which Polly looked back and laughed. Which, they were kind of poking fun at her that day for being kind of slow, and so their thought process was she was just playing around and showing them that she could hike faster than them.
1: Okay, so Polly turned a Ben in front of her friends and vanished. Yep.
0: Which, they weren't initially concerned, and they figured she wouldn't be able to keep that pace up for long and that they would find her around the next bend. Plus, she knew the area really well, so they weren't very concerned.
1: They arrived back to the campsite around 4.30 and went straight to Polly's trailer, but she wasn't there. Confused, they started asking around. The friends searched the
0: area, but no sight of her. She had just vanished. Right. Which doesn't make sense. Kind of concerning. So Polly was a little overweight and she had high blood pressure and it was believed that she would not go off trail or wander far from her friends. This is not something that she would normally do. Because of her health issues and medication, she actually didn't even drive and had no car or license. So at 6
1: p.m., Polly was reported missing to the park rangers, and a search was launched, about 25 people.
0: Polly actually had a crack in one of her shoes, which made it very easy to follow her footsteps. But search parties were unable to find any trace of her outside of where she had walked with her friends. So no side trails, no off trail, no nothing. They could only find her shoe prints where they had been walking.
1: Everyone said that Polly was terrified of snakes and would never leave the trail. People who are terrified of snakes, that is a real fear. That is a fear right there.
0: Yep. And you're usually safe if you stay on trail. Yeah. There were some forks in the trail, but they were all well marked and she was very familiar with this area. So they just didn't think she left the main trail. Over the next week, more than 150 people searched for Polly. Nine search dogs were brought out and the trail was closed. One dog had alerted on a downed tree near the creek and they wondered if she had maybe stopped to rest there. But none of the dogs alerted to this area and no sign of Polly has ever been found. So did she take off? Did she get lost? Right? Her husband did later notice he had a missing bottle of Valium from the trailer. What's Valium? Yeah, it's like an anxiety drug. It's a muscle relaxer, basically. So one theory was that she ran off with a lover. Why she would do this while hiking with friends, I'm not sure. She had used the phone several times that day while volunteering at the Presbyterian Center, which is something she did every week. And she asked to use the phone, which was really out of character for her. So... People wonder, had she been arranging for someone to pick her up that day? Why was she picking up her pace? Like, there just started to be a couple red flags that people couldn't really figure out. In April of 1982, a check was cashed in her name in Birmingham, Alabama. The check was for interest due on a bank certificate. Authorities were unable to verify whether it was Polly who cashed the check. So she was wearing a white and pink sleeveless striped blouse, tan polyester pants, size eight and a half shoes, with a crack in her sole. remember? She was also wearing glasses, a diamond-studded white gold wristwatch, and a wedding band when she disappeared. I don't even know what to think about this one. I know. I'm so confused about this one. Aliens. So, what do you guys think happened to Polly? Did she take off? This is like
1: a Bermuda Triangle, but over the Smoky Mountains, and that's why all these people keep disappearing.
0: Maybe. I don't know. But... Did she meet up with somebody? Did she take off? Did she run from her life for some reason? There wasn't really indication that she would do that, but had something led her to do that that we don't know about? That's the story of Polly. I have no theories. I don't even know. I don't know what to think about this one. It's very bizarre. Crazy case. So now we're moving on to 2008. We have Michael Heron, who's 51. And on August 23rd, 2008, he would disappear.
1: Around 11 a.m., he went out in his four-wheel-drive truck. He was heading to some land he owned in Blount County. So it was part of the Smoky Mountain National Park.
0: So his adult sons, Andy and Matt, had both heard from him that day. Andy got a call around 9.30 to let him know that his dad was coming over to pick up their shared lawnmower. Matt said he got a voicemail from his dad saying the same thing, and Andy actually passed his dad on Gateway Road as he was returning home that morning, and he did have the mower in the back of his truck, okay? It
1: wasn't unusual for his sons not to talk to him on the weekends.
0: Yeah, I think both him and his sons did a lot of projects on the weekends, things like that. They Mm -hmm. had property and stuff, so this wasn't unusual. But when their grandma called on Monday and said that she hadn't heard from him, they
1: went straight to his condo where he stayed four nights a week, so he was closer to work. Two of his
0: three cars were still in the garage, his bed was made, and the lights were off. Their grandmother headed to the property where his truck was seen over the weekend. She found his truck in a clearing on the property, the windows were down, his keys, ID and money clip, money, and cell phone were all in the truck. She told them that the four-wheeler was also still there and the lawn had not been mowed.
1: When the sons arrived, they realized that the four-wheeler she was talking about was actually an old one and his newer one was missing. They fixed the flat on the old one and went looking for their dad. They drove all through the trails and checked all the campgrounds and everything.
0: Yeah, so around 3 or 4, they decided to call Park Services and they reported him missing because this was very out of character and they knew that something was wrong.
1: I mean, all of the stuff is in the truck. I know. Clearing in the property.
0: I know. Some reports I read actually said that the truck was running, but I couldn't verify that. And the fact that the keys were maybe... The keys were in the ignition and it was on the on position because it would have been out of gas, I would imagine, by this time anyway. Mm -hmm. And none of the reports from the grandmother say that the truck was running. So the police arrived around 6 and it was decided that a search would begin in the morning, but it rained heavily that night.
1: Tell me that this isn't some kind of crazy alien conspiracy theory going on because why does it
0: rain every single night after someone goes missing? Riddle me that. It's also the Smoky Mountains, and the weather is very unpredictable there. So they found no clues, no evidence in the immediate area of the truck was found. No footprints, no blood, no sign of a struggle, nothing. The dogs brought in for the search found no scent of him. Or if it weren't for his truck being there, they would have thought he had never been there at all. A large search ensued. The missing ATV was
1: found by a friend at 1205 near Happy Valley Loop,
0: which is about a half mile from his house. This
1: was not an area that the dad usually went to.
0: Yeah, so the sons thought it was really strange. When they found the ATV, it was in high gear on a steep hill, and the ignition was on. The sons were sure that their dad would never leave it that way. There was no sign of him anywhere around the ATV, and of course, the rain did not help because dogs could not pick up a scent. So
1: an aerial search turned up nothing. Searches on horseback found nothing. Searchers on ATVs found nothing. By Friday, the search was over. No trace of him
0: was ever found. What the heck? This is so bizarre. So the most prevalent theory out there is that he stumbled across something, maybe something illegal? and his ATV was ditched after he was killed. Some kind of illegal activity that he ran across is what led to his disappearance. They just don't think there's any other real explanation for him just being gone, which it's so weird. I mean, he's living his life, he's going to mow his lawn, and what happens? He decides to go for a ride on his ATV for some strange reason? Where is he going? What is he doing? And where is he now? So he was wearing a red t-shirt when he disappeared, and that's about all they know. What do you think happened to Michael? I have to go with foul play on this one. It has to be foul play. I mean, for him to leave his ATV in that position and actually get off of it, if he was going to go do something or go search something or go check something, he wouldn't leave it in high gear Yeah. on this hill. So he obviously ditched it or something. Something happened. Plus... All of his stuff is in his truck. His money, his keys, his phone, all of it. Yeah, I think we can really rule out he took off. Yeah. I do not see that as a possibility. I don't see that as something police think happened. It seems that he's either lost out there or foul play. Something happened to him. So let us know what you think on that one. Next, we're coming to 2012. Derek Luking. I think that's how you say it, who's 24 years old. He's from Louisville, Tennessee.
1: He graduated from Johnson University. He worked as an orderly for the Pennsylvania Behavioral Health Center. He was a fan of the survivalist star
0: Bear? Bear Gryllis? He's a survivalist? We don't know. Sorry. No clue. I'm sure somebody out there knows who that is. One day, Derek failed to show up for work. His roommate, Ryan, was notified. Derek was not answering any of his calls family and friends became concerned and immediately headed to Tennessee, driving through the night to get there. So this was out of character is basically what that says to me. Ryan and the family
1: checked his computer. They found searches for the Great Smoky Mountains and a
0: reservation for a hotel. This is why you make sure somebody has your password. So the hotel was Microtel Inn and Suites in Cherokee, North Carolina, which is located right by the Great Smoky Mountain National Park.
1: On March 17th, video footage showed him leaving wearing a backpack, and this was the last known sighting of Derek. On the bed, he had left a Bible and a bottle of liquor on the ground. The family immediately went looking for him, and they found his car in a parking lot. This was the lot for a nature area called Newfound Gap. Authorities searched the car, and they found... An abundance of survival gear, a lamp, pocket knife, a pack ace, knife sharpener, a tent, a sleeping bag, granola bars, survival belt
0: with a multi-tool, flashlight, a fire starter. They also found pages from a military survival manual. His wallet was also in the car and had cash in it. It was clear he was preparing for a vacation in the wilderness. Strange enough though, he did not take any of this gear with him. They did find a note left on the dashboard that said, Don't try and follow me. Which authorities ignored and started a massive search for him. They interviewed campers and hikers in the area. No one had seen him. It had been a clear and sunny Saturday when he disappeared, and there had been a lot of people around, yet no one had seen him.
1: Hmm. It seemed obvious that he had gone off trail, yet he left all his new gear there, His family said that his favorite show was Man vs. Wild.
0: Mm, Yeah, and that's the one, you guys, where the host goes into the wilderness with limited supplies and tries to survive. So I'm guessing he probably tried to attempt this. Well, and I think that's what his family is thinking, but why had he spent all... I mean, he had over $1,000 worth of gear in his car. Why had he spent this money just to leave it in the car? Maybe he was, like, debating on it. Maybe he decided he was going to try to do it without the gear? I don't know. I don't know. Or had he gone there to end his life? He had disappeared on the anniversary of his grandfather's death, but I don't know.
1: Why would he buy all the supplies if he was going to do that?
0: Exactly. Maybe he had gone to scout an area out and gotten lost. Like maybe he left the car, went to check out an area and was going to go did back. why he leave the note? I don't know.
1: So a couple months after his disappearance, a backpack and then human remains were found in the area he was believed to be in.
0: Yeah, this actually turned out to be another hiker named Michael Cocini, I think, who had disappeared on the 18th, the day after Derek, in the same area. Suspicious. Right? So two young men going missing within a day of each other, which is crazy. But as far as I could find, there was no sign of foul play. So this boy had just died in the woods in the same area that this other boy went missing. I Mm. mean, what the heck? So he was last seen wearing dark colored track pants with white stripes down each leg, dark sneakers, and possibly a waterproof watch, but he's never been found. Crazy. Yeah. So
1: what are your thoughts on that one? I think he went in trying to do a survival thing. I think he bought the gear thinking that having doubts that he was going to do it, that he was going to go out in the woods. So he bought this gear thinking, I can't do it. And then when he got there, he either committed when he was in the hotel room drinking or something, or he had committed when he got there that he was going to try to do it without all the gear.
0: Do you think there's any chance that he was taken from the parking lot and killed? Do you think foul play plays any role in this? The note. I know. The note really makes me think that it's not foul play. All right. So... That's the case of Derek Luking. Imagine being his family and just, like, having no idea. All of these families, they just have no idea. No clue. Okay. That was the story of Dennis Martin, Teresa Gibson, Thelma Melton, Michael Heron, Derek Luking, all of who have gone into the Smoky Mountains and never come out.
1: just disappeared in the Smoky Mountains.
0: Disappeared. Without a trace. You guys, I literally... When I started looking at the Smoky Mountains, I was like, how are there so many people who have just vanished and never been found? I mean, that's a lot of people. And also, does anybody else think that 50 plane crashes is excessive? Yes. I feel like that's a lot of planes going down.
1: Aliens. There's some kind of magnetic force that is in the Smoky Mountains. Okay,
0: that's better. I wish you would stop saying aliens to everything. You've said it like 10 times now. It's That's Shedler's fault. This is just <sighs> for you, Shedler. So... I don't know. Tell us what you guys think. I mean, I would love, there's six of them, right? So I would love, like, some, you know, Dennis missing, Teresa murdered, like, whatever you think what they are. What do you are. think?
1: Because I have no clue, for most of them, at least.
0: I think we're a little more stumped on all of these than, I mean, there's a couple where I'm like, okay, maybe this, maybe that. But there's a couple where I'm like, I have absolutely no, no idea, clue. right? Anyway, so that is the Great Smoky Mountains. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening. Leave Uh, us a review. Leave us a review. A nice one. (laughs) My mother is sensitive. I need to get a tougher shell. I'm working on it. I'm working on it. I'm working on it. So share us on your stories. We love, love, love when you guys do that. And we really appreciate it. Leave us a review. We really appreciate it. Also, after you listen to this episode, go look at our Instagram
1: story because we're going to do a question, kind of like a questionnaire thing, like a little, you know, you oh, fill yeah. it out. Yeah, yeah. About where you heard our podcast from. Yes, absolutely. So Like where you heard about us from.
0: We'll try to remember to post that on Monday or Tuesday, like beginning of the week. And then, yeah, we would love if you guys could tell us where you heard about our podcast. That would be fun. We're really curious. Yeah. So be watching our Instagram. By the way, if you didn't hear Madison's mess ups last week, I did post those at the end of the episode. So in case you don't know, a lot of our chatter throughout the episode, I will edit it out and I will put it at the end so people who just want to hear the story can come and hear just the story and they're not interrupted as much. So at the end, after the music and everything, there, a lot of times there is additional material. So if you Stick around for that. Yeah. So if you're interested, stick around for that. If not, you don't... That's fine. You don't need to make fun of us because usually it's us doing stupid things or <laughs> Maddie being hungover or Maddie making mistakes or... So many mistakes. Phoenix interruptions. I mean, we put all of that stuff at the end and that's just for your guys' entertainment. That's about it. Follow us on Instagram, Lost in the Woods Podcast. Like us on Facebook. What else? I don't know. That's it. Anything else? I don't got anything else. I don't have anything else. So yeah, thanks for coming. We love you guys and we will see you next week. Bye. Thanks, Cindy. Thanks, Cindy. So, and I'm sorry if I didn't mention you in a previous recommendation. I know we had Gary Walker recommended the Blood Mountain episode. We had uh, Awesome Solo Dad who recommended the Camp Keller episode. And some of these are Instagram handles, you guys. (laughs) (laughs) FYI, if you hadn't caught on. The Lake Bodom Murders, we actually had two recommendations. One was The Reject of Devil, which is an Instagram name. And the other one was Billy Anderson. So thank you, everybody, who has recommended episodes. And yes. if we haven't talked about you, then it means you're probably on the list or we couldn't find enough information for that particular case. We, we, we may start doing mini episodes. Yeah, so we may, might start trying to fit in, like, mini episodes, drop them here and there for you guys when we have time. Or maybe
1: maybe on our Patreon. Or maybe we when we have Patreon,
0: one. we might be able to do some more mini episodes. But we are saving those recommendations and keeping track of them because we do plan on getting to even some of those smaller cases that there's not a lot of information on. It'll just be smaller episodes. So, yeah. What in the F are you doing? Oh, my God. Seriously, I don't know how to sit on a stool. Well, I feel mm-hmm. like best figure it out quick. Like, I think these pants are louder too, by the way. Take off your pants.
1: <laughs> it's too goddamn cold in here, that one.
0: Take your bracelet off now. Take your rings off now so that we're not dealing with that. They don't the... even make that much... You were making noise with your bracelet while you were talking earlier. You, you unintentionally play with everything that is on your body.
1: I feel like I'm in a prison. <laughs> You want me to take my earrings out, too? I'm not even wearing earrings. Can't At least they're not
0: on. giant hoop earrings that you slept in. <laughs> that did happen. No, Do you want me to take this out? Nose no, piercing? you don't need to take out your nose piercing, smartass. This is, like, the roughest start we've ever had. We're just going to start from the top because I'm not editing all that shit. We've only read one little section, Just so. start it. Start it. <laughs> is it recording? It's recording. Are you oh, sure? No. Let me move it down a little. Oh my god. Yes, play the school's voicemail. That scared me so bad. So we're like sitting here, you guys, getting ready to record, and we hear this man's voice talking quietly, but we can't figure out where it's coming from, and somehow my voicemail had turned on. Well, in Christian,
1: we didn't just start recording. We already tried to record. It didn't work. My mom made me change my pants,
0: take off all my jewelry, and now we're here back at the top. Wait, 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 wait. Wait. You guys, when Maddie is wearing her jewelry, it's like she just can't stop. I'm still wearing three rings because I can't get them off my fingers. She can't stop herself. And then she was wearing like these, they were like kind of workout pants, but they weren't, they were like made noise every time she moved. They're the baby's favorite pants because of their texture. Oh, because they like, yeah. They like so them. in my defense, it just, I couldn't. It's been a rough start. She made me change my pants. It's been so rough. <laughs> you need
1: to go change your pants. I got up and kicked
0: my water bottle. She stormed out. All sorts of
1: dramatic. Which I think that you should put that in the podcast because I know you're You storming recording. out? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> making me take off my goddamn jewelry, making me change my pants. Uh... Mom, yeah. Can man, and Queen make microwave s'mores?
0: No. We don't have a microwave. Please, please, yeah, we do. How do you make microwave s'mores?
1: We put a marshmallow in the microwave.
0: Does that sound like a good idea? Where are you going? Uh, To ask To Come here, to ask her what?
1: To say that you said, would that be a good idea?
0: How do you make a microwave s'more? You don't
1: know how to do it? You haven't done that before?
0: No, I haven't done that before.
1: I've done it
0: a bunch of times. It sounds like a bad idea.
1: It's
0: not. Why don't you make a fire?
1: What?
0: What? I just said I thought using the microwave to make a s'more is a bad idea, and you're telling them to make She's a fire? She's going to
1: be able to start a fire.
0: <laughs> that was
1: the whole point. Oh, my gosh. Cordy, use the tools that you have access to and build a fire and make s'mores. Can I use a light oil? Yes. Where's the light oil? I don't know. You have to find one. Okay, deal. Can find a fire? One and- and fire? Mom's if room. you make a fire, no, I will come out and Mom's supervise room. you guys to make no, s'mores. No, no, okay, no. No,
0: find a lighter. Light. No, not. Not, not, you're not allowed to find anything in my room.
1: That's fine. Or in my room. Okay. that's not. Okay. Dude, if they walk into my room, the first thing they're going to see is a lighter. It's on my
0: it's on my, <laughs> it's on my. It's on my shelf. There's 100% a lighter in my room, too. <laughs> <laughs> so in case you didn't catch that... Phoenix just came in and asked if her and Cordy could make microwave s'mores, which I replied to, what's a microwave s'more? And that sounds like a really bad idea. To which Phoenix said, I think you just put a marshmallow in the microwave. And I said, does that seem like a good idea? And she basically said no and started to leave. Cordy came in and said, can we make microwave s'mores? I said no. So Maddie said, why don't you build a fire and make some real s'mores? (laughs) To which I said, that sounds like a really bad idea, Maddie. She's 11. She can make a fire. I know she can make a fire, but she's unsupervised with the five-year-old right now.
1: There's Everything's wet out there. All the wood is wet out there. They're not
0: going to be able to start a fire. <laughs> so first if, off, they have to find a lighter. So Maddie's like, you can't go in my room. And I'm like, you can't go in my room. Which, which we, we
1: both definitely have lighters <laughs> in my... Like, if you walk into my bedroom on my windowsill, I know for a fact that there's a lighter sitting on my... I'm window. pretty sure there's one on
0: my nightstand. So <laughs> we don't know where they're going to find a lighter. I can't wait to see what they come up with. She, you know she's gonna do that outside right what make a fire yeah okay what do you mean i don't know i could see her trying to make one in the kitchen or something no.
1: but also the wood we have a bunch of firewood that's out there right now but it's all wet yeah
0: it rained today
1: yeah so yeah. there's no way she's gonna start a fire my whole point of telling her to start a fire was that i don't think she's gonna be able to start a fire and if she does i will be impressed and she can definitely have s'mores
0: yeah okay let's continue